Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am Arthur Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayana White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagen, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? Listening to the Eye Zombie Podcast. My name is Robin. Who's here with me? My name is Isabel Birch. That's right, Isabel Birch. This is my daughter's here with me, uh, doing a very quick introduction to a uh, Eye Zombie uh, panel. Uh, Izzy, do you watch Eye Zombie? They can't hear you. No. No. Uh, That's right, because it's not for four year olds. (laughs) But. I uh, just want to do a quick little introduction. Steph went down to Dragon Con uh, this past weekend and uh, was on a uh, urban fantasy panel for Eyes Zombie with a few other panelists. You'll hear them all introduced. And they had a special guest show up uh, towards the end uh, via Skype. Um, but I just want to say thank you to Carol um, and the Dragon Con Urban Fantasy track for allowing us to share this recording. And uh, thank you, Kevin, for. Uh, recording it. Anything else, Izzy? And I'm and I was and I was four on my birthday. That's right. Her birthday was just this past weekend. So. <laughs> and I had a Rapunzel birthday. That's right. And that's what we watch, Rapunzel. We don't watch I Zombie, right? No. <laughs> okay. And maybe next I'm gonna have a Paw Patrol run. All right. Well, can you say bye bye? Bye bye. In any case, welcome again, and we're really glad that you're here to talk about this really fun show that we all enjoy. First thing we're going to do is have each of our panelists introduce themselves, and while they're doing that, I'm going to go get Henry's actual nameplate so that you show, yeah, so that it won't be just me saying, "Look, there's Bob the Skull and somebody's used orange juice." <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, go, and I'll give you the mic so you can use that. Yes, I'm Henry Swift, the digital. Uh, I covered, uh, I did a story last year about the influence of conflicts on television, and got to speak briefly with, um, uh, shoot, the, the Rock and Mars band. Uh, Rob Thomas, yes, Rob Thomas. I got to speak briefly with Rob Thomas about uh, the show as he was developing it, and, uh, you know, it's not the comic book, but it's a very good show in its own, so I, I'm so happy as me as I can see I love that. <laughs> oh my, gosh. my name is Stephanie Smith. I do the uh, Eyes Zombie podcast oh. with Robin and Stella. Got to speak up. Okay. Uh, we're at eyeszombiepodcast.com. Uh, my name is Kevin Batchelder. I'm one of the hosts of the Tuning Into Sci Fi TV podcast. We're a weekly podcast covering almost all the genre shows on TV, including Eyes Zombie. Hey, I'm Damien. You can find me at U uh, underscore Madman on Twitter. Uh, I'm actually a giant fanboy. Uh, I still collect comics. I tend to do a lot of conventions. Uh, believe it or not, I've sat and done panels for Wizard World. And uh, occasionally I pop on one different podcast unannounced uh, for needcoffee.com. We're also doing a charity thing later on tonight after this. It starts at 8.30 until about 11. And uh, it's a karaoke and dance party. So if you could, swing by. Uh, we're also doing the same thing to raise money. 
I'm Eric Asher. I write the Vesic Urban Fantasy series and the upcoming young adult steampunk series, Steamborn. Uh, Karen Taylor. Uh, I'm actually one of the redheaded stepchildren of uh, urban fantasy because mostly I work in horror. I've written vampires. Recently I'm doing ghosts and I've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But I love Eyes on Absolutely adore the show. So that's why I'm Hi, I'm uh, Cinderella, cosplaying author Mary Mancusi. <laughs> um, I am an author of about 21 books for adults and teens, mostly in the sci-fi fantasy realm. My latest series is called Scorched. Uh, it's a, tri- a trilogy. I keep saying three book tr- trilogy every day. And, yeah, obvious. Um, <laughs> three book trilogy. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, I am only here now as a fangirl, though, because I love Rob Thomas from way back. He's a, I'm from Austin, his hometown hero, and I was a big fan of Veronica Mars, and I'm so excited about iZombie and where, where it's been and where it's going to go. That everyone? Okay. That's everyone. We got to the end of the table, yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. Putting out fires, and now Henry has to share with me. I could pick up the wireless mic, and I might do that here in just a moment. So, I, I promise I have my questions. <laughs> uh, mainly, I wanted to mention, first of all, that I'm, I'm really a big fan of the voiceovers in the beginning of the episodes that they always do. And I, I thought that that was really a cool way to set it up. But actually, before we talk about that, I would like to find out how many of you are Veronica Mars fans? How many of you gave this show a shot because you were Veronica Mars fans? Okay. And, yeah, who doesn't love Veronica, right? Or Rob Thomas. Uh, that goes on my wish list for next year. But anyway, I digress. Um, it, it would be, wouldn't it be great to have him at Dragon Con? Yeah, well, yeah. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I, yeah, that kind of, I guess I, I was thinking that, but it would be fun to have some of the cast and then have him come along. So, yeah, we can all wish and dream and, you know, send him little notes to He's so, he's so like, unassuming, too. He'd probably, like, be honored to be invited. Yes. Like, he, or he would make you feel like you were oh, honoring him awesome. by being invited. I remember, you know, he's a YA author. Some of you might know that. You know, yes. he wrote a YA book, and he came to the Austin Teen Book Festival, um, like, two years ago. And I was like, well, you have to sign my book, and you have to sign a book for, like, ten of my friends because they're all really excited that you're here. And he didn't really know how to autograph a book. <laughs> like, he was like, what do I write in this? I'm not sure. And I'm like, really? Okay. So like, it's just such a cool, down-to-earth guy. And he's really, really so, so likable. Well, that's good to know. And that, and that, but that kind of comes through, I think, in the show as well, that, you know, we, we do see that. But... Also, one of the observations that I made over the show was that when, you know, the the whole brain eating and taking on the other personality traits of the people, uh, which I think is hilarious, that it creates such an interesting rapport with the people that she's talking, uh, that they're interviewing, you know, the perps, that they're, it it just creates a really interesting dynamic, or the the potential perps, is that a word? I mean, is that a phrase? Yeah. Um, we can, you know, we can go with that. But those are those are some of the things that I really enjoy about the show, and why I, you know, th- that's just a couple of the things that I that I like in particular. So I, w- I would like to hear 
from my panelists first, telling telling me telling all of us, what do you guys most appreciate about the show? And then we want to hear about you or hear your ideas. We'll start with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I read um, the full comic series. Let's mm-hmm. let's ask who here uh, is familiar and has read through the original series. Uh, Mike Allred's art is brilliant. Uh, so just for that reason alone, and I know they're coming out with a compendium or a, an omnibus, I guess, of all the, all the sh- issues because this show has been so popular. So it is not a TV show. There are some changes, but it is basically, the basic concept is the same. Uh, it gets a lot weirder than <laughs> the show. Yeah, I've heard about the comments. Um There's vampires. There's more than just zombies. But... Um, in any case, this was a very good show on its own, and it wasn't the kind of thing where you're like, oh my god, they changed so many things. It, you know, it wasn't that kind of thing. Uh, since it's not, you know, Batman, it's not something that has this very ingrained story. So it stood out on its own. It was uh, really interesting to see Rob Thomas take some Veronica-isms and, and put them into this show. It's not the same show, but, you know, there's definitely some similarities. Right, right. Um, Rose McIver is one of the most unsung actresses. She's done every episode is a different character in some ways. She mm-hmm, does a terrific exactly. job. Um, and I believe it's Rob who plays the, her uh, friend in the lab. He's, he's hilarious, and I've seen a lot of his tweets, and he's very funny in his own right. Uh, so it's a terrific uh, supporting cast as well. So I'm uh, excited for what they have coming. They just put out the first promo for season two, so it was good. Oh, good, good, okay. That brings up another question, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, how many of you follow us on Facebook? You follow the track? Well, some of you, well, thank you. Uh, you need to go to Facebook and put in Dragon Con Urban Fantasy, and, and the page is actually active all year, so um, we would appreciate you uh, doing that. You can keep up with all of our fun news, and um, in any case, I, I will be posting that trailer on there now that I know that it's there. Whenever it is, I manage to actually get to my room again. So, and that, that actually, what Henry was talking about, leads me to another question. I asked about Veronica Mars. How many of you came to the show because you were reading the, the comics or the graphic novels? Okay, cool. Oh, Damien, one of them? Okay. Thank well, you. they have a whole different series called I, I Vampire as well. Oh, really? uh, over oh, at DC, okay. so yeah, it kind of all folds in together. So I kind of already knew what I was looking at. Well, that's, that'll bring up another question. We'll have that. Oh. oh, yeah, real, real quick, that's Mike Allred is also the exactly. artist for the uh, the intro of the show, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, the, the witty dialogue, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not a big fan of the procedural, you know, mystery. So the uh, live taking on different characters each week makes it a lot more interesting to me. Right, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, for me, uh, on our podcast, again, we watch, between myself and my two co-hosts, we watch almost all the genre shows, so i got to admit that there's a lot of shows I will try and don't go much beyond a couple of episodes. They don't really catch me. But And I have not seen Veronica Mars. I have not read the comic. So I must say that I saw the promo and went, okay, maybe. So this was definitely a case of where it totally sucked me in with the dialogue, the witty dialogue, being a huge Joss Whedon fan, a lot of similarities there. And also the characters, as we're going to talk about, I'm sure. I just was totally invested in these relationships. They did such a great job of creating those bonds very quickly that it was something that became a can't-miss-every-week for me. 
I think for me personally, I did come from the comic. And, and I, here's what I do with most adaptations. I kind of throw out what I know and see, let them go on their own merit and see what they're going to do with it. Uh, one of the best things I do like about the show, it, it's not the Veronica Mars stuff. It's very much, um, I think it's why um, another show, Orphan Black, has such a following. Tatiana Malsani is forced to transform into a different person every single episode. And that's what I like about Liv. Now, I do have several hang-ups with the show. But it, those things aren't enough for me not to tune in every week. I'm like, okay, let's see where we're going to go with this. And let's see. You know, I at least give a show two seasons. Your inaugural season, you always are going to have missteps. There's a very few shows, I think, that I watch. Because I'm like Kevin. I watch all the genre shows. My DVR is full. The one downstairs is full. The one in my daughter's room <laughs> is full. Right? Her Netflix has, hey, Dad, can you create your own corner so that you're not, like, clowning up my stuff? Dad, because, get off my right, I watch so much stuff. So it's like... Okay, what do you do in your downtime? I watch genre shows, and I kind of pick them apart, both from a writing standpoint, and, but from a, you know, okay, do I like this actor? Do I like this actress? You know, does this story grab me and pull me anywhere? And right now, I'm, I'm trying to basically do the wait and see with the show. It's, it's, it's fun. I love that part. I love the humor in it. I love that it has some story going for it, but... I'm still very much on the, hmm, is this something I'm going to stick with after this next season? Because I did have some hang-ups with the first season. Uh, I was on the uh, the Monster Within panel across the hall, and a lot of it carries over to iZombie and Liv, and I really like the dichotomy that you have between her kind of being a monster, if not in other people's eyes, even in her own eyes, and yet she's, you know, like this forensic... Is it forensic anthropologist? Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are more um, But, uh, yeah. <laughs> pathologist, yes, thank you. Um, I, it's been a long day. Um, but that, that dichotomy really draws me in. And the other thing, I love this, the, the style that they use for when she has the revelations mm -hmm. and the, the sudden triggers that trigger a memory and, like, it, she kind of becomes that other person and just totally sucked me in. Yeah, I'm particularly. I was. I did not read or see Veronica Mars. I didn't do the comic. Um, obviously, as a horror person, I tuned in because it had the word "zombie" <laughs> <laughs> title, and my son said, "Hey, this is getting good reviews." So it got me from the very first. I love Rose McGuire, and what she does with Liv is next to amazing. Because yes, she portrays different characters, but there's always this little piece. Of Liv still in there, and it shows. You can you can see Liv kind of standing back and letting the people that she's channeling their thoughts, their feelings, but she's still in there, and it's just amazing. I love the I love the dialogue. I love the script. I love the fact that it's that she's a monster. See, I'm real prone to monsters. I love monsters. <laughs> when I write a story, almost always I'm writing it from the point of view from the monster. So this is perfect for me. Absolutely perfect. Um, I mean, obviously, I love the witty dialogue. I grew up with Buffy's and, you know, Veronica Mars. And then I just like that level of dialogue where it's just always clever. Um, and um, I also think that it's kind of like, I think about the first season of Buffy, and it was very episodic. And, you know, each, each episode they were tackling a new monster of the week. 
and it wasn't as dark as, of course, it got. And so I see so much potential. Like when she gets those red eyes, I'm like, it's going there, it's going there. And I and, and when Blaine comes out, I'm like, they could get really dark with a show, even though it's a humorous show, just like Buffy did, and keep that you know banter and that witty dialogue, but also go really, really dark. And and so I do like that she takes on different personalities, and that's so fun. And, you know, the crimes are interesting, but I really want to see the mythology develop further in the show and really get more into, you know, what's behind this zombie thing with the energy drinks or whatever it's Mm -hmm. going to be um, and find, you know, and just keep going down the rabbit hole and see where we can go. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted uh, wanted to mention um, something that they had to get over a little bit is the same issue as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I, zombies, kind of a corny name, and the concept on the surface is kind of odd. Um, the, we have the, the president of warm bodies of having a zombie who has consciousness. Uh, so that kind of zombie we're so familiar with. And I actually looked it up, and I believe that iZombie and warm bodies were written very mm-hmm. close at the same time. So it's kind of like yep. osmosis. I don't think anyone's ripping it off, but very interesting. <laughs> Oh, I think, I think, is this working now? Nope. No. Nope. Can't. Nope. Oh, well. You got a turn Well, it's been, it's been moody all day, so. Oh, well, thank you. Thank and you, this, Tech Ops. This is the best Tech Ops team in the whole world in the West. Let's get Mike a hand. And, uh, yes, yeah. thank you. Oh. Now it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, yes, they have saved my life many times. And now I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, there was that whole question of it being a really, really long day. And, well, it was something that, that Mary said about the, the different personalities. And I had mentioned that in the uh, – this is my notebook. It's actually half Supernatural and half iZombie notes. But uh, nice combination, huh? Um, but one of the observations I'd made was that how that – you know, that personality thing that she or the personality traits, that it did create this interesting dynamic in the in the interrogation room, but it also does that I just had that typed down because that was what I'd written in my notebook. But it also does when she's dealing with the people in her life. You know, and now Robbie knows what's going mm-hmm. on. So he you know, he's like, Whoa, you know, you better you better, you know, counter that, you know, control freak with a little bit of Zen master I mean nothing on paraphrasing, but you know, something to that effect where you need to get somebody who's a little calmer than that. And so I, I think that what's that? Oh, <laughs> okay, now, now I think I'm hearing things. Um, and that is ex- that is very, very possible at this point. But but I just think it, it does create situations in her own life because nobody else knows. So she has to then step back or, you know, like, um, uh, yeah, I was acting a little weird the other day. But, you know, that and, and that, there was a, the... Um, the incident with Lowell, mm-hmm. when they were having, um, the, when he it turned out that he had just re- recently eaten the brain of a gay guy, and mm-hmm. so they were just hanging out as buddies on the right. set, and that was great. You know, he's like, yeah, and because it was as you were saying, there's that little bit of them left in there, so they know what they're doing, but they can't really stop it. And that's kind of an interesting concept when it comes to zombies, anyway, because if you look at zombies and voodoo and stuff like that with the whole control issue. So it kind of makes you think, 
huh, maybe this is their way of, of looking at that. And I, I don't know, but I, and you also brought up the mythology thing. I'm very interested in, in seeing, you know, where they go with that. But any, you guys have any theories as to what you think might be going on? <laughs> you mean going on? I mean, are you talking about where the show's going to go when you say what's going on? Or what, well, do you, what do you mean, Carol? I'm, what I'm talking about is when they're developing this mythology. Do we have any theory as to? Well, for one thing, we got the energy drinks. We know that a lot of these things may be coming into play, but we don't really know what's going on. And so I'm, I'm curious. I don't have any theories as of right now. Especially not right now, uh, at this like very moment. But um, you know, I think that they've left the door open for a number of a number of things. You know, like where's the involvement of how, how did Blaine get this going with everybody? And obviously, in the town, he's like the king of the zombies. Well, I'll answer that. If you think about it, Blaine, you go for it. Blaine was already a low-level drug dealer. Right, right. He was already involved in organized crime. That's one of the one things that I like about the show is that Blaine took something where most people would, oh, how am I going to survive the next day? How? No. He automatically rolled right into what he knows. How do I monetize brains? <laughs> right? And I've got a certain level clientele here. You, you're getting crap brains over here, but you, for 25 grand a month, you can get primo brains, astronaut brains. You know? And he's <laughs> making brains. his own customers. Yes, he is. <laughs> exactly. The first one's free, but you have no choice but to come back because you can't live your life without this, it's you're going to fall apart. Business model. It is an excellent <laughs> business model. And in any given time, he can kill off, you know, his competition or yeah. customers and go, yeah. eh, I'll make more. Yes, uh, and all of zombie lore, I don't think we've ever seen a zombie capitalist. No. <laughs> no, it's, ac it's actually, he's my favorite person on the show. Normally, I'm like, uh, like we were discussing with Teen Wolf the other day, Theo being the bad guy, I hate that guy, right? I've got choice words that I normally won't use in front of everybody in this room when I see him on the screen. But with Blaine, I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. I like that. Uh, and I like seeing, you know, zombies that don't have guilt and just roll with it. Because, you know, you see too much a lot of times with the, the like, the Lewis uh, interview with, with a vampire kind of monster who's just so at odds with himself. And you have to have some people like that because, the, I mean, realistically, some people would really have a problem. Like, Liv has, you know, with, with incorporating this new part of her life with her family and friends. And I just think of the scene that she, you know, when she eats the brains of the schizophrenic person and <laughs> thinks she told Major everything and that it was okay and then finds out she, it was, she all hallucinated it. That was just a heartbreaking moment in the show. But at the same time, you want to see someone having fun with it because you can imagine deep down you're like, maybe it would be kind of cool to be a zombie and how can I make this fun and good? And so I, I like that. He's so happy to be evil and, and controlling about it. Well, that is a good segue into talking about characters. So we, and there are, there are several that you can love and or hate. The weatherman. The what? The weatherman. 
He's my favorite. I'm like, you are such a scumbag, but oh my God, you're fun. He is so smarmy, you know, but he plays him so well. And when he showed up at her house, and, uh, I, I was like, what the heck? This, you know, I was trying to reconcile this, and then after it became apparent what was going on, I thought, oh, okay. Oh, the episode with him breaking into the apartment when they were looking for the phone and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're a TV weatherman. Why are you breaking into an apartment? This is not what you do. That was a good twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you guys, who's your favorite character? Who's the one? Well, let's just say that we all love Liv. Anybody, anybody disagree with that? Anybody not like the character of Liv? Okay. Okay, you can stay. I'll go out on the limb. I'm the one who I like Liv. But I've got major, major issues with how she handles everything else around her. Especially, especially when it comes to her family and her boyfriend, or former—I'm sorry, former fiance. How that end? I'm, I've got issues. Well, all of them, if they're getting a season two, are going to be—they hate Liv. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting to see where they take her from there. At this point, you know, I mean, she's. I'm blanking on the lab assistant's name. Robbie. 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 Yeah. He's terrific. He's awesome. <laughs> he, uh, his reaction from episode one. Oh, so you're a zombie. This is a zombie thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't even a, a shock, not even for a moment. <laughs> no, I have, I have a huge, huge crush. Um, and, you know, at my age, this is useless to you. <laughs> But I have this huge crush on Robbie. I really do. The first thing I did after the show was find him on Facebook. It's the beard, isn't it? It's terrible. But yeah, I'm capable of being a fangirl, too. So. I, I really... Uh, the, 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 the drug dealer... I'm on a villain kick right now. So, so he just... I, I don't know. He's so nice to people's faces but he's such a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> and, and every scene when, they, when somebody comes into, yeah, yeah. um, it was like meat cute, is that the name yeah. of the book? Yeah. Yeah. Every time somebody comes in there and he's talking to them and you, and you know what's going on back in the back you know, but the people coming to the front don't, and we're like, oh my god, are they going to be in the back or are they going to stay in the front and leave and every yes. time, it's just, yes. they do that so well, because he's, yeah, he's this businessman with this cool business that, you know, really meets this need, apparently well, we know why, but uh, you know, that, that part is kind of interesting Major had a fantastic story arc over Can you guys hear her? Yeah, uh, Major had a, his story over the season was just fantastic, but to me, what is so tragic is mm. Peyton and Liv's relationship. Because if you have anybody in your life that, that, that deals with depression or some kind of mood issues, watching them go, th- and Peyton has no idea how to help her oh, friend, right. and that just breaks my heart. Sure. I, I just I love Blaine. I think he's awesome. Um, I will be interested to know if they give him some kind of backstory that why he is like he is. Maybe is he like that troubled? You know, um, you know, guy. Is he going to be like a spike? Are we going to have a ship between him and uh, Liv someday? You know, like they're going to go in that direction or not? It hasn't been hinted or anything, but you know, like it's just curious. I'm just curious where they're going to take all of that. If he's going to remain a bad guy, are you going to? 
start loving him so much that he becomes sort of a bad but good guy. Just because his character or the actor is so charismatic. Uh, David Andrews gives good villain. He's uh, terrific. At, he was on Alias and Stark. Mm-hmm. Every time he plays a bad guy, most of the time, he, he knocks it out of the park. Very I think he was here a few years ago, so maybe yeah. he'll come back. He has that look. Yeah, he does. And he has... Well, and it's something that... I think who was saying that he comes off as being so, you know, polite to everybody. But, you know, he's a good businessman. And then once you see him, it's like, ah, it's scary. What about the rest of you? You guys have some favorites? Yes. Uh, my favorite is Major because that is how you write a love interest. Like, that is how you handle it. It sucks that the only show that can do it right is with the male character. It'd be nice if female love interest got the same treatment. But having them have their own story completely separate and, like, their own development. He could be the hero. Like, if, if you decided to write the story from Major's perspective, he could be the hero of his own show. And that is amazing writing. So he's my favorite. Did you hear that in the back? Okay. Anybody else? Yes. I absolutely love Clive. I love Robbie too, but Clive is just Clive is just my favorite, especially what he deals with every day. Every episode, technically. I like him too now, but I got to tell you, in the first episode episode or two, I thought that they really were good. He was a little too over the top. Mm -hmm. And they back some. Yeah, they did, and I I kept because I kept thinking. I really hope you do because I liked everything else I was saying, and I thought, you know, that's just a little too extreme. But yeah, they they pulled it way back, and uh, I, I was glad to see that. Yes, I just love Robbie. He is. I love his smile. He's the heaven from supernatural. Of the show. Everyone Robbie was like, yeah, you're a zombie. Yeah, this is awesome. Let's deal with it. And he was her friend from the get go, and she could trust him, and it was just. Right, and it was a, it's in the very beginning when after he lets her know that he knows what she is, that he, when he's talking about being let go from the CDC, and she said, let me guess, because you believe in zombies, or it was something to that effect. And so that was that was pretty funny because, you know, I guess we all know somebody like that. But, you know. Tell me kind of another one for Team Robbie. Um, <laughs> I think the other interesting thing with him is, especially compared to Blaine, is he now has proof that there are zombies. He could have sold all this off for medical research right. and just sell live out to go. Um, <coughs> she could be in a bed lab right now, but he didn't. So I think that says a, a lot point. for his character. Well, the other thing is yeah. how he he embraced uh, Major being you know being a hey I need a roommate as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. They have an actual friendship, and you get to see all of that conflict that goes on with that. Because again, I'm not a fan of how he he's being handled. Both and, and that brings up the point of Robbie again not being my favorite because you also know things. You are both of you are watching one person in your life that you like suffer. Not just sit there and suffer. Like, he suffered needlessly. Where some of this could have been corrected. I mean, he went and checked himself in. Like, he was on the board of, nah, do I check out completely? And you guys let him go that route. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have to deal with the fallout of, I withheld, not only withholding secrets and information from just your best friend in general, which happens in every genre show, 
you let this person almost lose their freaking mind and their sense of self over it. And that, and the, the two people that are closest to him so far. I love, sorry, I love that scene when, like in the finale, when he's laying in the bed and confronting her. Yep. And he was like, you let me check myself into a mental hospital. Bye. And it was just, right. I was right. Yeah. And although, to be fair, she did try to dissuade him from doing that. Wasn't there a time also when Robbie tried to tell her and he said, you've got to stop him from doing this. He doesn't need... But Robbie's complicit. You live with the man. Help him out. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I'm rather passionate about that. What's that? But it wasn't his story to tell. Yeah, but it's true. It's, it's still, it's, it's, you're living with the dude. Mm-hmm. Really, you're going to let her go completely down the toilet. Come on, pull her back. Tell her she needs a W. But then again, she told Peyton and then. And yeah, I was going to say, how'd that go? After she got to see it, Dad. Yeah. That was great to She's the homicide major, and he was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what I and you've done is a little bit of story between when she got bitten and then, oh, and here's my new life. Right. Uh, there's this big black hole there, and uh-huh. I feel like that's when she made all those decisions that we're now struggling with because we didn't see her then make them. And be, If she had told one person and they went completely bananas, then she would be like, oh, shit, I better not... You know, tell my fiance maybe it's better. Or she saw something happen to someone else where they told someone and, and something terrible happened, and so she has this overarching dread that if I tell him something bad is going to happen to him. And you don't really have that, and so then that's where you keep questioning. Why don't you just freaking tell him? Um, and that's like a storytelling thing, certainly. You know, and as authors, always in your book, you're like, you look for those scenes where you're like, if she just told him the truth, well, you know, where'd the book go? Um, and <laughs> might not be a book. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I think we had a guy in the back. Yeah. Hands up. I think my favorite character is Link because of the zombie entrepreneurship. Yep. <laughs> I'm really interested to see, since he is out of the game and he is cured now, that void that he has. And I know he has clients like that senator that was a zombie. What's going to happen to all of his clients after that? Like, because he can't sell brains anymore and his shop is destroyed. You know, what's going to happen to his clients? Or is someone else going to step in? Yeah, or are they going to be ravenous, you know, violent zombies? Well, I think think you're probably going to end up seeing a mix of both. You know, like that one woman that lived, you know, one of the hardest scenes was when Liv and Robbie had to uh, take out that one woman that they could not bring back. That was stuck in the hole. It was like, okay, you're going to find more and more of that. Um, You know, also, some of his goons, which he's probably got more people on the tape than what was shown on the show. Because remember, the two idiots tried to go out and do this themselves as well on the side. That didn't end so well. But we also have the head of Max Rager, which I used to watch an old show uh, called Wings. Yeah. And, and I love him from that yes. still. Yes. I love everybody on that show. But I love watching him being the head of Max Rager, and he's just kind of like, um, nope, I'm going to just bury everything in paperwork. And uh, you can get out of my office now. You've got nothing on me. He, I think he knows what's going on and is trying to say, hmm, how do I make a buck out of this? I like that uh, there are very real stakes in this show. It's, it's, it can be fun, but she's, there have been casualties, people she cares about, and uh, that 
powerful scene where she took a gun to mm-hmm. Blaine and you know just couldn't go through with it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. The thing about Blaine, I'm sorry. The thing yeah. about Blaine is that just because he's not a zombie anymore doesn't mean he has to stop selling brains. <laughs> he has no compunction over killing anybody if it suits his purpose. So because he doesn't partake of the brains doesn't mean he won't still sell them. Right, right. Uh, and he can open up another shop. I'm sure he's got money set away like crazy. So He's still got connections to all the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Even during that burrito was awesome. Oh, yeah, I know. That you could just, yeah, you could just taste it. Oh, How many people think that he might choose to get turned again? <laughs> That's always possible. Okay, and there's a gentleman over here with his hand up. Yes. Uh, I was actually going to say one of my favorite characters was Lowell. Uh, oh, 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 yes. And, and this last episode, I was so angry. <laughs> this last episode, but I, I don't know, I just appreciated the way he went out and the sacrifice he made uh, because he actually stepped up and said, I'm going to do what I can right. to stop this. Um, and I I love that, but I, even though I hated how it did. I agree. And the look on his face when he made the signal to her, you knew that he knew he wasn't going to come out of it, right. that he was at least going to try just in case. The, you know, odds are against him, but he was going to do it anyway, and that was that was pretty cool. So now, as far as his storyline goes, I actually got a spoiler, which I think I saw on Twitter. I was like, okay, don't follow that story anymore. I was a few episodes behind, and they were talking. It was something like R.I.P. Oh, and I was like, damn it. Um, and, but then, but then, it wasn't really a huge surprise to me because. I'd read that he was going to be, uh, before he was in there, I was like, well, he's got a few episodes, he's got an episode arc, and I was like, oh, great, he's going to come in and we're going to kill him. So, you know, I kind of figured that would happen anyway. But I agree, he was a good, he was a good character. And he had some complexity to him because we found out that he wasn't all just good because he did kind of not mm-hmm. tell Liv the truth about a few things. And, you know, so there, there was, there were some other things going on as well. We have, yes. Oh, so, I'm sorry if you already answered the question that came in late, but um, I'm just sort of curious if you guys think they're going to introduce other supernatural creatures, oh. or is this purely a viral thing? Because you can have zombies that are virus based, or magic based, but have a viral answer. Can you, can you repeat that last part? I'm curious if you guys think that they're going to introduce other supernatural characters, or is this purely zombie via virus? Oh, okay. But instead of a supernatural overtone, in other words, whether it's, it's something else. And that's a really good point, because that does, you know, that interests me. But I think the whole aspect of the, the way that she takes on the personality traits of the people that to me is more than just science or you know where somebody's got a virus and they desire to eat something that keeps them going if you're talking from a nutritional standpoint that's a supernatural angle you know that that you've got this kind of which is basically mind control or i will go back to my other comment about animation Mm -hmm. in a way that it's another way to do that what do you guys think um, I think the showrunners will be wary of putting in too many other paranormal-like creatures. I mean, right now, and vampires aren't exactly on the top of the food chain um, as far as popularity. And, you know, I think some people are just sort of sick of how, like, you know, like, we're True Blood. They just threw in every monster, you know, and, and finally it was just like everything was here. And um, it worked for a while, and then it got kind of silly because it was just so many different things and it wasn't really focused. 
Um, so my guess is they'll be wary of that and they'll probably try to stick with zombies since zombies are so huge right now um, and everyone is really into zombies so they might that the audience might not react well to it uh, the comic has ghosts werewolves and vampires so it's not mm-hmm. completely out of the question but just we'll see how things go where to? Where to? Where to? I think it'll, it'll partially depend on what they decide to make, like the cause of the whole condition uh-huh. this time around, too. Because uh, depending on what they use, you know, if it's a virus, I don't know if a virus would make sense as triggering ghosts and whatnot. And I, I think what they were saying, though, originally is uh, some of the crib notes from behind the scenes was that they were going to make it chemical-based. Mm-hmm. And that's why the whole Max Rager is kind of the focal point yes. of it. But the other part, I think they're going to be forced to explore. If Liv is eating brains and she's absorbing, you know, the knowledge of the person that died, I mean, remember the guy was like, no, I, I need to be able to get on this space shuttle mission, you know, give me the astronaut brains. That's what right. I want. I want the brain of Buzz Aldrin. There's got to be fallout because everyone that gets turned has to eat brains in order to stay alive. And they're absor- ab- absorbing other people's personality traits. That's huge. That's got implications everywhere because you never know who you just ate. You end up eating the brains of some like murderous bastard for all intents and purposes. What does that do to you? And what's the residue from having that many people in your head? Yeah, no, when they brought Max Rager and my son and I looked at each other and we went... There we go. Because we watch Middleman. Ah. <laughs> Which was also a comic. Ri- the energy drink did not have a name. It was. Right. <laughs> and I think three exclamation points. Oh, which so. Javier when I need him. Yeah. So <laughs> as soon as they said Max Ranger, we, we went crazy. Because mm-hmm. we were like, yeah, Middleman. So. Yep, Javier. <laughs> that's his baby. Yep. And it's very it's a very similar scenario. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I tweeted Rahul and, and Rose about where we all are. <laughs> nice. He favored it and asked me, he's a nice hobby panel. A panel is this? How is it? So I told him, uh, him he's got, getting lots I of love. Where we, where we are and then he needs to get his, his, his butt here next year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very cool. I know, I know. Talking about that a little bit of related... Uh, topic. I got a chance to see um, the actor who plays Clive Martin, nice. Malcolm, Malcolm Goodwin, I think it is, um, at uh, Indie PopCon back in the summer, and uh, he, you know, he was talking about how they like a lot of good shows, and we've heard this before. They've got great chemistry on the set. You know, Rose is obviously the focus of things, but they really have been, as time went on, developing that great chemistry and, and believing in each other. Uh, to, to allow it to expand as they move through it. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he said that they, you know, come into a new show, you have no idea how it's going to go. They had already shot several episodes before they ever saw one completed episode. Um, and so they had no idea, the whole idea with the, the cartoons, the act break things, none of that was there. They were just creating their characters. He said when they saw that, it, it really showed them what you know, how special it was that they had. So they've been definitely trying to find other ways to do more with it. So I'm kind of circling back to say that a lot of these different plot points are interesting, but to me it still comes back to the relationships. I want to see these people interact flawed, as Damien said, some excellent points, bad choices, whether or not to tell someone, we need some TV drama. But it's really going to be, for me, in season two, how are they going to interact with each other and take it forward? Blaine's going to be super juicy, wring my hands, wondering what he's going to do. But how are they going to be able to get past what Liv 
did to her family and her loved ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hands up over here. One of my favorite moments going on that it was when Liv um, ate the brains of a mother and then Ooh. all of a sudden understood her own mother. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, she was wiping the, the dirt off of her brother's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, Malcolm said that when they were shooting that week, she was like that all week long. They all loved it. Can <laughs> <laughs> I just say that one of my favorites still is the, the, the insane brains where she yeah. started seeing mm-hmm. the devil on the. Uh, oh, like, snack uh, bag, yeah. Yeah, snack bag. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. Or maybe it was real. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your theories about why the police captain did what he did when he basically killed himself? He was on the tape. Yeah. And, and guilt. He felt guilt. Yeah, I think that was a guilt thing. Yeah, I thought he was trying to cover his tracks. He was. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, that was my impression well, of it. Yes. Say again? Why not go to live for brains? I mean, she's obviously, he knows what she is. She's getting free from the morgue. Why not team with her? Well, he was always so deep into it at that point. He didn't right. think that's it, about Liv being there for, I don't know how long. It felt like months he'd been buying mm-hmm. brains from Blaine. Blaine told, Liv, Blaine told him that Liv worked for him. Mm. Yeah, but that was like as long after. Talking about the captain. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? As a cop who's supposed to protect and serve, he'd been not protecting and not serving for months. Mm-hmm. I just want to uh, see what you guys uh, haven't gone into iZombie. You know, there's, there's a few people who are like, eh, Walking Dead. It's kind of <laughs> gross. You know, uh, this is a probably the most lightest treatment of someone eating brains because they've missed Almost sanitized, really. Or people, <laughs> or people here expecting uh, a lot of gore and they were a little worried about that or anyone had to go into this uh, not a zombie fan and became more of a zombie fan? We'll, go, we'll start here and go to the back, yes. I kind of got the, the vibe from the show when I was seeing the promos was it was if you took The Walking Dead, mixed it with Hannibal and added a couple of cheap laughs. <laughs> and that's kind of how I went into it, and I enjoy kind of dark comedies, so I, I like the vibes, and I already like the procedural parts of the first season of Hannibal, so this was just kind of a show I felt was tailor-made. Yeah, after Hannibal, you can do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, yes, right here. I, I really wasn't into the whole zombie craze until my, my mom had said, hey, there's this new show on watch, watch, watch with you. And then suddenly I was just hooked on iZombie and other zombie stuff. And, Interesting. Well, uh, like, I did one consider giving Walking Dead a, a chance before because it just didn't seem that much fun to me, but I would watch no. it now. Well, and that's the thing I I had to explain to people. The Walking Dead, it's like, again, I read the comics and then I I watch the shows separately. And, like, I watched The Walking Dead last out of everything. But because I've already read the books, it's grim. It's bleak. There is no humor and hope unless it's something sick and twisted. And on the show, you're getting the sanitized version, right? And even iZombie, the comic, is still a little darker than what you're seeing on the TV show right now. And, well, I have a comment about that. And one of the things, just to digress briefly into The Walking Dead, since it's been brought up, two things bothered I've only seen the first season, but two things about it bothered me. One was that they had to have the very gratuitous, always every episode they had to have one that was like way over the top violent, you know, things were 
being chopped up and flying around. I, I don't care for that, so that part bothered me. But, you know, you can't fast forward. I do understand that, that works that way. But, but that part bothered me a little bit. But what really got me was that they gave no explanation for where this came from. But not only did they not give an explanation, which I understand, there were only six episodes in the first season, but they didn't even, nobody talked about it. I mean, none of the characters were like, hey, I wonder how the heck this happened. Because you know, they're waiting to film the sequel. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the, the finale kind of that, but basically, Robert Kirkman said that it's mm-hmm. not really relevant. The story is how these people survive, and it's kind well, of like purposely leaving them. I understand that, but for, for for post-apocalyptic fiction to really be effective, you have to understand what caused the apocalypse in the first place. In my opinion. But anyway, as I said, I digress. But I yeah. much prefer. Well, that's like asking where SARS came from. Yeah. What's What's interesting to me uh, about a zombie is I, I can't think of too many zombie stories where it wasn't like all hell's broken loose, the world's gone to hell. Right, it's, right. It's kind of a, a very slow, slow zombie. It's urban zombie. Yeah. Which is why I'm a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have, I have a question, kind of in relation to that. I mean. You know, thinking about the iZombie world, right now we're only in a city, but I'm sure that drink is much farther right. than that exact location. So it's, it's kind of like the same thing in The Walking Dead. What's happening elsewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, what other characters might they introduce, you know, down the road in, in that kind of idea? Sure. Yeah, and from the get-go, they've been talking about what caused it. You know, I mean... You know, Robbie, Robbie trying to figure it out. So, but the other part is we've got to remember the show is I Zombie. It's about Lib's experience exactly. first and right. foremost, yeah. not you know this post-apocalyptic world. It's about no, the experience no, that's right. happening to like that. It's not that one. Yeah, that one. That one person. I think a good episode would be um, something that takes her maybe with the FBI outside of Seattle and she runs into some other zombie. Right. Yeah. One refreshing thing about iZombie is that they all know what zombies are. Um, most zombie uh, films, uh, they, they call them all sorts of different things, like walkers or whatever, because they evidently live in this parallel universe that have never seen a zombie before, right? <laughs> <laughs> the zombies are shambling through, like, what is that thing, a walker? Let's call it a walker. <laughs> no, like, oh, my God, a zombie, right? So at least iZombie is, like, down with that. They know what they are, and they know what they yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, behind them. They introduce themselves that way, so yeah, you're right. Yes, back here. And we'll come back to you. But they're all the way in the back, he's had his hand up. Um, so, I mean, when I first started watching Zombie Park, I thought the, the, like, I was totally not into zombies whatsoever. What drew me into the show was the mystery zombie part. Because she could just eat brain and not do anything. Right, not put it to good use. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, the comic book series, she doesn't really solve things. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think part of that with the show, though, is you got to look at her background. Prior to this, Liv was a doctor, right? right? Her her primary focus in life was being a caretaker. Yeah. So I don't think she really has a choice on the show about helping people. You know. Hold on, we have a special guest. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That is badass. Here, let's take a mic. Take a mic. Okay, there you go. Can everyone hear him okay? Yeah, a little bit? A little bit? Yeah, okay, good. We got thumbs up. Keep going. 
Is there any chance you might want to come next year and bring some of your buddies from my zombie? I think we can definitely arrange something. Oh, questions for Robbie, okay? <laughs> or the man who plays him? <laughs> Anybody have a question? Go right ahead. How was your character just so easy and okay with being next to a zombie when you found out? Did you hear that? Yeah, I that, yeah. <laughs> um, well, firstly, one of us had to be, so that was just like one of the things we had to do for the TV show, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, from a character point of view, it was, he had, he had been sort of looking for this. this is, he had already been on the CBC of this impending apocalypse uh, about this, about virus, man-made virus being the next big problem to humanity. Um, so, really, when he saw Livy's brains, I mean, he was, he was just confirming what he had already felt. Um, and this is, this is like his, the lost arm to him, which was something he had been searching for and, and had finally found. Awesome. Thank okay. you. No. With everything that happened at the end of the finale between Liv and her family and Major and her friend, uh, everything else, how do you see that affecting Robbie's relationship with Liv uh, in the second season? Um, good question. We've actually filmed. We, we, I bet I actually know. <laughs> <laughs> he can't tell you. Out of everyone, out of all choices that they've made, um, and the ramifications of it with the other characters, Robbie probably was the least affected. Um, obviously, the, 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 the characters that sort of run of, of what she did was Major and Peyton. Um, and Evan, um, Rabbi is her best. They're, 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 they're best friends, um, and there are issues that we do deal with them in season two. Um, but uh, it's more to do with her ties with with Major and Peyton. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yes. Woo. Did somebody else have a question over here? Well, what about his? What about uh, Robbie's relationship with Major? With Major, um, yeah, they, 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 that's. Uh, I've really enjoyed that, by the way. Like, I really, we were really taken aback by how everyone kind of responded to the the major Rabbi friendship. Uh, that was never um, meant to be a thing. It was just, you know, it was just a way of having more characters being on the scenes and stuff. But um, in terms of their relationship for the season two, uh, again, it's one of those things. Um, all senses around live really um, they there is there, there is friction between the two of them um, obviously he knew what what Liv was going through uh, and he knew that Major was was putting himself through incredible amounts of danger and stuff because he had no idea so we do address that that, that is addressed in, in the episodes that, um, but again Major's maybe uh, yeah, we did talk about that a little bit earlier. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Um, 
podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. We posted that link, as well as others, on our home on the web, eyesombiepodcast.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash eyesombiepodcast. Finally, send your feedback in to eyesombiepodcast at gmail.com. The Eyesombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. And remember, a mind is a terrible thing to taste. <laughs>